What's up, 4640? How we feeling? Woo! It's conference time. We are finally here. We've been so pumped for this moment. It is awesome. Oh, so good. Now, I want to begin tonight by asking you a question. Have you ever sat in the wrong seat before? Oh, man. Isn't it? It can be awkward. It can be definitely be awkward. Like, some, I've heard of some people, like, if you have to go to the bathroom really bad, you run into the wrong bathroom literally sitting in the wrongest seat you could sit in, I think, at that, at that moment in time. Well, I'll tell you a story about in high school when I decided to sit in the wrong seat, and I didn't know it. I didn't know it until it was too late. See, when I was in high school, I was a bit of a prankster. I don't know if that radiates from who I am for, to you guys, someone that liked pranks, but man, when I was in high school, I loved them, and don't prank anybody that... I mean, they generally backfire or get worse. Generally how pranks go. But I decided to prank my teacher in high school and she was my history teacher. So I had her for American government um, in the afternoon and I had her in homeroom in the morning. And uh, she, her name was Miss Weaver. And I decided um, early in April, I think it was the first, if I remember right. And um, I decided to use a device called a fart machine. Um, not me, but like an actual device that, and fart sounds too dirty, so I'm gonna say toot, because I have a three-year-old and we don't say fart, but toot machine, okay? <clears throat> so I had a remote that if you pressed it, just a gnarly sounding toot would come out of the machine. And they sounded real. I spent some money on this. Seriously, I, I, was, I bought it in Washington, D.C., actually. Anyway, that's a different story. Um, so I had this toot machine and I decided, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna tape it underneath Miss Weaver's chair. That's what I'm gonna do. Cause she had this stool like in the front of the classroom that she'd sit on. And then during uh, the first five minutes of American government class, she'd just sit there and everybody'd be reading the chapter that we had like went over the day before. So it's silent, the perfect time for a toot if it's not yours, right? Generally, this is the quietest time possible. And so during homeroom, I got some duct tape and I taped it to the bottom of her chair during homeroom. And then I waited till the end of the day when it was American government class. And I sat in the front row. And so I'm in the front row. I'm like, this is going to be the best. I can't wait till this happens. So like silent reading or like the silent reading time starts happening and everybody's just going over the thing and it is dead quiet. And I reach in my pocket, that remote, and I press that button. And the loudest toot that you could ever hear came out of that machine under my seat. <laughs> and everybody looked in, we're like, <gasps> and I was like, no way. See, Miss Weaver had found that toot machine and immediately assumed it was mine and taped it under my seat. And I was in the wrong chair. I was in the wrong chair. I just, I pretty much did the wrong thing in the wrong chair. It was not good. But what I want to talk to you guys tonight about is three different chairs. And I believe that every single person on the planet lives their life from one of these three chairs right here. 7.7 .7 billion people in the world, and they all live their life from a certain chair. Now, each one of these chairs represents a certain kingdom, all right? So if you're living your life from one of these chairs, you're living life from that kingdom. And so I want to talk to you about them a little bit. So this is chair number three. Say chair number three. This is the kingdom of the lost. Say, kingdom of the lost. This is chair number two. This is kingdom of self. Say, kingdom of self. This is chair number one. This is the one you want to be in. 
This is the kingdom of God. Say kingdom of God. Kingdom of God. All right, so we got kingdom of the kingdom of kingdom of you guys are so smart. You guys are awesome. All right, so all, everybody in the world is living their life from these three chairs. Now, I want you to think about it a little differently. I'm going to just use an analogy that I'm very familiar with, and that's chicken nuggets, okay? So the kingdom of loss is like those dinosaur-shaped chicken nuggets. You guys know what I'm talking about? Like when you're kids. Do you know that that's not chicken? No, that's like parts of all sorts of animals, Okay like beef and pork and maybe some chicken. I don't know. It's like whatever's left over at the plant. They're like, oh, let's make it a dinosaur-shaped chicken nugget. It's dinosaur-shaped one, so it's shaped wrong if it's chicken. And it's not chicken. It's the most lost thing I've ever heard of, in my opinion. <laughs> if, if it is a chicken, this is the, the chicken nugget that is a dinosaur-shaped thing. All right, that, that's kind of what the kingdom of lost is. Now, the kingdom of self is more like a McDonald's chicken nugget. You guys like McDonald's chicken, anybody? They're actually pretty tasty. They're pretty tasty. But the kingdom of self chicken nugget, the McDonald's chicken nugget, you know what? Those are just quick and fast. Now, I think that they are all chicken, but they're probably parts of chicken that you don't want to know about, like beaks and feet and stuff like that, and tail holes, stuff like that, okay? That's what's in your McDonald's chicken nugget, y'all, okay? Now, because it's in your chicken nugget like that, like, it's like some CEO just spoke these into existence because he's just like, I want something fast and hot so I can sell it for cheap. And all of a sudden, it's like all these chicken nuggets, they all look alike, right? They all look alike. They all look the exact same. And I feel like kingdom of self, it's like we just want to fit in. We just want to look like other people look. We just want to do it like other people do. We, we want everything fast. We want everything like right away. That's kingdom of self. Now the kingdom of God, everyone. Chick-fil-A chicken nugget. That's right. 100% chicken, not tail hole chicken, but like breast meat chicken, hand seasoned, hand battered, and hand fried, made individually, each one unique, just like you and me. All right? That is what this is. Mm. And delicious, I must say. I feel like the Lord... Just take delight in you guys as I take delight in this chicken nugget. I just popped the whole chicken nugget in my mouth when I'm trying to talk. Don't chew with your mouth food, right? Full, full, mouth food. Just, just pause with me and think about how good this tastes. Mmm, that was delicious. <clears throat> anyway, as I was saying, the kingdom of the lost, the kingdom of self, and kingdom of God. Everybody lives life out of one of these three chairs. And obviously, God has purposed us all and made us all to get to chair number one. Say chair number one. That's right. So what I want to do is I want to start with chair number three. The black chair, the kingdom of what? Lost. That's right. Now, people that live life from this chair are caught up in what the world has to offer. Their eternity is tied to the world, and their eternity is not tied to God. So what I want to be very clear about is it's kind of like this. Like, have you ever been in math class, and like the teacher's up there, and he's just like writing away, and all of a sudden, you think about, what am I going to have for lunch later? And then like however many seconds go by, and then you look at the board, and you're like, what is going on? When did they start putting letters with the numbers? Why are some, he there's these weird things around it? 
like that, that's one of those things that I feel like deep, deep down in someone's heart that's, that's living their life out of chair number three, when they lay down late at night, I don't really think they know where they're going to go when they die. I feel like they're just lost. They're, they know that there must be something more to my life here on earth, but they just can't come up with an answer. I feel like people that live out of chair number three feel that all the time. And these people are made up of other religions, whether it's, it's Buddhism or, or Islam. It's basically any other thing, any other way to an eternity or to a heaven that has nothing to do with Jesus. That's, that's chair number three. Or we're not believing in God at all, like atheism or agnosticism or something like that. Um, chair number three, that those are those types of people that live their life from there. But I want to make one thing really clear. Every single person on earth started their life in chair number three. Adam and Eve were the only ones that, that never started in chair three. I'm talking like the popes and the pastors and, and, and the best people ever. They all started their life in chair number three. So it's not like anybody's better than anybody off the start. No, 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 no. See, Jesus offers something to every single person. And it starts in chair three. And every single person in chair three is invited. Is invited. Every single person in chair number three is invited because Jesus freely invites you to not have your world, to your kingdom that's tied to the world, to not be just in the world, but man, to live forever instead of death. That's what Jesus offers. In Revelations 3.20, it says, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we'll share a meal together as friends if you're living your life at a chair three, I want, you to be, I want you to know this. You are invited by the creator of the universe for something greater and for something more. And Jesus doesn't stop there. I believe that every single one of the chairs up here has an invitation to go deeper into Jesus, to deeper into God, and to get deeper fellowship and friendship with him. Jesus himself is inviting you to live forever. And to do that, it's so simple. It's not like you have to earn it or you have to like, have enough money or anything like that to, to get to the kingdom of God. Jesus says, man, all you gotta do is just believe that what the Bible says I did, I actually did. That you have to believe that, man, I can, I can wipe out all of the bad stuff you've ever done, will do, or doing that. Like, I can wipe all that stuff out because I conquered death. That's what Jesus says. And if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, man, Jesus was risen from the dead and that he can forgive your sins, boom, you fast track straight to chair one, the kingdom of God. You have an invitation. And God's love, man, we sang it earlier, is reckless, right? The reckless love of God, isn't that just an anthem? It's, it's such a huge, powerful thing. And that song's very scriptural. It's in Matthew 18. Jesus says this story. He says, if a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others on the hills and go search for the one that's lost? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it even more than over the 99 that didn't wander away in the same way. It's not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Perish. It's not God's will for people to stay in chair three. It's not. That's not his purpose for your life. His purpose is not for you to stay lost. His purpose is for you to accept an invitation to eternity, 
man, that's a ticket that I'd want to punch, right? That's a ticket that I, I want to get on that train. He invites you to chair number one. Now, I'm going to go ahead and assume that most of us here in this room are not in chair number three. That there was a time that we can remember praying a prayer, asking Jesus into our hearts, asking Jesus into our life, asking him to take control of our life, forgiving us for our sins. If we've prayed that prayer before, asking Jesus into your heart, then you're not in chair three. You're not in chair three. That you're going to live with him in paradise. And because the rest of us live out of either chair number two or chair number one, I want to be very, very clear that chair number two, putting Chick-fil-A up here, right? Right there next to it. Chair number two, you're saved. Everybody say saved. saved. Chair number one, you're saved. Everybody say saved. saved. All right, if you're living life out of these two chairs, you're gonna go to heaven. You're gonna have eternity with God. I wanna be very clear about that, okay? And most of us in our life, we just bounce back and forth from chair two to chair one. That's what we do, all right? Now, see, here we're invited to God's presence. We're invited. And in chair two, we're a visitor. We visit God's presence. We just visit. We visit his presence. See, chair one is a little different. See, chair two, we just, from time to time, we visit. We come to 4640, maybe we experience it, and then we go back. I mean, how many of you guys have ever felt the presence of God in this room? And if it was just like 10 minutes ago in worship, then, man, put your hand up. That's awesome. Now, when you look in your life, you can probably see moments where you've experienced God's presence, right? You've experienced his presence. And maybe those times are separated by months or weeks or maybe even some of us years. What's crazy about the kingdom of self is when we start looking inwardly opposed to toward God, man, we just step into his presence and then we think about ourselves and we step back out again. And that's how we visit. See, the, key, the, the chair number two, the kingdom of self, is about doing. It's about doing. But chair number one is about being. You are a child. Now, chair number two, like a visitor, like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going I'm to go do, like, you know, Disneyland this year, and then I'm going to go back home or whatever. See, in chair number one, God's your home. Child. It's not about doing things yourself. It's about being who you are. Right? I mean, we're we're human beings, we're not human doings, right? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense at all. Now, the truth is, when we go out of God's presence as a visitor, we're either believing a lie or we're forgetting the truth. And the lie is this: when you walk out of this room, you walk out of the presence of God. That God's presence is only confound to 4640, or maybe a certain God moment in your life, a big moment. If we're saying that God's presence is limited, then we're not talking about God. Because I believe with all my heart, and the Bible even says it's true, that God is limitless. He's limitless. The enemy wants us to live limited. God, however, made us to limitlessly live. Because if we live as a child in his presence, we can be limitless too. Do you know the sky's the limit for a child of God? You can go anywhere. You can do anything. Especially when you're acting as his, as his child because you're doing what he wants you to do and what he's purposed you to do in his life, which is be in the kingdom of God. 
That's what he wants for you. That's what he, that's what he wants. Psalm 36, 5 talks about his limitlessness. Your unfailing love, O Lord, is as vast as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches beyond the clouds. That's vast, y'all. That's limitless. That is limitless. It's super poetic. It's very, it's, he's limitless. It's what he is. See, in chair number two, chair number two, the kingdom of self, you're thinking about yourself. And you're thinking, and, and maybe we're not even trying to, but as we're thinking about ourselves, we're thinking about the other people around us. I mean, how many times have you been in worship and you're like, I kind of want to dance, but there's other people around me. I might look weird. I, I hear that lie in my head almost every week, okay? And I just got comfortable with being weird. Because <laughs> you know what? Jesus wants me to. He wants me to dance. He wants me to move. He wants me to groove a little bit, right? I'm cool with that. I mean, I'm cool with that. But see, if, if, we, if we limit ourselves in the kingdom of self in chair number two, we're being influenced by the world. But if we live in chair number one, I'm going to influence the world. I'm not going to be influenced by the world. I'm going to influence the world. See, in God's presence, it's not the world that influences us, but it's us that influences the world. And that presence is not confined to this place. That presence of God is with you in school, is with you in the sports field, at home, wherever you are. You do not have to be defined by what the world says. But we are defined by what God says. And if I live my life knowing that Jesus is telling me who I am, doesn't matter what anybody else says. I am the man that Jesus made me to be. And if you live your life and share one from the kingdom as a child, oh, the world's got nothing on you. You got everything on the world. The power that rose Jesus from the dead lives inside of you, even in chair two. And that's how we can come to chair one. See, as a child, think of it like this, all right? In chair... And chair number three is a visitor, right? I have a friend named Russ. He's awesome. Russell Gregory, if you happen to go to uh, GJ. Hi, he's there. He's awesome. He's bald. He's a math teacher, okay? <clears throat> anyway, and I love him. He's my friend. He's my friend. But Russ can't just walk in my house and open the fridge and get a drink and kick off his shoes and then turn on a movie in, 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 in my house. Like, we have not got to that place in our friendship at all, right? Honestly, Sean and Joe probably can't do that because I feel like they'd mess with my stuff or something like that. It's more of a trust issue than like a, you know, friendship issue. But like Russ needs to be invited. He, he knows that, like that he can't just walk in my house. Like I have a wife, I have kids, like it's not, it's not real. But, but my mom, however, she visits. I mean, she could come in. I mean, she can get a sandwich. I, she made sandwiches for me for like 18 or 25 years, whatever it is, you know, like... <laughs> She can have a sandwich. That's fine. She can, like, come in and start a movie. I'll be like, oh, hey, Mom, you're here. Like, she can visit. But my mom, like, at 6 in the morning, cannot come in my room and climb in my bed <laughs> and say she had a scary dream. <laughs> if she did that, I would need therapy. <laughs> and we would seriously need to discuss boundaries. Very much so. Thank the Lord my mom, I don't think she'll do that she listens to this, maybe she might as a joke, but she's a visitor. She's a visitor. She can come and visit when she wants, but my daughter, Ruby, she doesn't need to be invited. It's already her house. She doesn't just visit. She lives there. 
And when Ruby comes into my room, I open my arms up to her. If she had a bad dream, oh my gosh, come here. Let me, let me hold you. See, it's the same with God. He has opened up his whole world to us. He has opened up eternity to be with him as his kid. That's the kind of access that we have. That's the kind of access that he wants for us to have. Now, when I first heard this, I just couldn't believe it, but John 1.12 says this, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. That means anybody in this chair who believes and accepted him, boom, straight to chair one. Here, we remember his, we're his kids, boom, straight to chair one again. See, it's about how, how you walk it out. All of us are invited to the presence of God, but it's our choice whether we visit it or live in it. Are we a visitor? Do you just visit his presence or do you live in it? Do you live from his presence? See, when I first heard this truth, I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> I was like, you know what? Like, I mean, God moments happen here in 4640 and maybe on like a crazy, you know, weekend or something like that where I'm like really trying to press in. But like my normal every day, man, I can't just encounter God like that. I can't be in his presence like that. And then, so it was like the week after I heard this teaching for the first time, I was mountain biking with Joe, which Joe is really good at mountain biking, just so you guys know. He's really good at going up hills. I'm really good at going down. <laughs> Real good at going downhill, all right? So I'm, I'm mountain biking with Joe, and <laughs> we're on this flat area, so it's like neutral. It's like any of us can be okay, I guess. Like, he's really good. He's really good. But we're on flat ground. Like, there's nothing crazy. There's no cliffs. There's no bears. Like, there's nothing, okay? It's just, it's the Redlands, all right? That's all it is. And, and we're going through this thing called a rock garden, which is like this, it's like, like, like plants, but just rocks. It's not that cool. And so, but... <laughs> Everyone calls it a rock garden. Garden's like, ooh, they're pretty. It's like, there's a sandstone. I don't know. And so um, Joe goes through this little area on this trail, and there's rocks everywhere, and it's you know, super bumpy and everything, and he, he goes through it. And so he turns around to look back, probably for a laugh, because I'm about to go through it. And so I go through it, and I make the first turn, and then my front tire hits a rock, and then I just stop. But I'm on flat ground. There's no cliffs. There's no cheetahs. I'm just sitting there. And so I, I start to tip over. Well, put a foot down, right? Well, I clip out my foot, but I'm falling the other way. <laughs> so my right foot's still clipped in, and I can get out. And so I just tip over. I just fall over. Super embarrassing, super lame. Like, the, super lame. But that's not all that happened. That's not all that happened. See, when I put my hand out to go down, because you know, I'm going to fall down, I'm not going to just bust my head. I put my hand out. Well, rock garden, remember? <sighs> put my hand out. My middle finger catches a rock. My hand goes past the rock. I dislocate my middle finger. Like, and when I say dislocate, like I dislocate, like it looked like you wanted to throw up immediately, okay? Like, I don't want to show you just my middle finger because that's inappropriate. Like, so imagine this is my middle finger, okay? Like my finger was like going that way. Like it was gnarly. It was gnarly. And so normally on something like that, I would just lose my mind. I'd be so angry. I'd be so mad. Because how lame is that a way to dislocate your finger? Would you do it? Tip, tipped over on my bike. Oh, did you go down a cliff? No, I was on flat ground. <laughs> like, that's it. Like, if I was fist fighting a bear and I dislocated my finger, I would tell everybody that story every day. You ever time I dislocated my finger, fist, fist fighting a bear? No. 
It was just so lame. So, and Joe has seen me throw my bike. He has seen me be very angry. Like, he's seen me do things I'm not proud of because that is a normal response for me if I do something really stupid. I get hurt really in a really stupid way. But what happened to me was that morning before, like when I was spending time with Jesus, I was like, God, show me what it's like to live in chair one. Show me. Show me what it's like to live in chair one. And so when I dislocate my finger, I look at my hand, and I knew my finger was out. Well, because it was looking all weird, obviously. But like, when I did it, I knew it too. And so Joe comes over, and I'm like, do you want to see a dislocated finger? And I take off my glove, and I show him. And Joe's looking at me like, uh-huh. <laughs> He's just sitting there holding my bike. So I grab my finger, and I set it. Set it straight, because, you know, it was, it was wonky, and I don't want it to stay that way. That'd have been a better story for right now, though, wouldn't it? Anyway, I said it, and then, like, I feel this peace of God wash over me. And instead of, like, getting mad and throwing my bike and punching Joe, you know, <laughs> taking me down a rock garden, instead of doing all that, all I remember doing is I set my finger, I laid down on the ground, put my arms above my head, and I said, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And I pressed further into him in a time that's ridiculous to have a God moment. I had one. Like, it wasn't in the deepest worship set. It wasn't after, like, jail preached our faces off and I'm like a puddle on the ground. It, it, it wasn't in big church. It was, like, after I dislocated my middle finger. And I can't imagine Joe just standing there holding my bike, just watching me on the ground going, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> You have to tell me what that was like later. But it was that moment that I realized that it's absolutely possible to walk in the presence of God in your day to day. That any time, any time you can be tuned into his presence, it is possible to live from chair one. It's absolutely possible to live from chair one. But I think sometimes we have a response to make. Okay, in chair one, not only are we invited, right? Not only do we maybe feel this tugging of God on our hearts, that he wants us to be a child. Okay, not only in chair three are we invited, but in chair three, I think there's also a longing for God. Okay, there's a longing that if we can be honest, deep down in our hearts, we know something can't ever be filled, right? Deep down, if we're honest, if we're sitting in chair three, we know that when we lay down at night and there's a thousand thoughts running through our minds of why am I put on this planet, right? Why am I even here? What is my purpose? What am I designed to do? That there's a hole that just can't be filled, Right, we live with this longing, and soon enough, if we stay in chair three long enough, then we can start to feel overcome with feelings of lost, right? With feeling alone, and all of these emotions are running through our head, and we have so many questions that are going through our head, right? We start to question, and we start to ponder, and we start to wonder, why am I here? Right, like Will said earlier, chair three is made up of different gods, right? Different religions, different things that maybe you believe in. And if you're sitting in chair three, then maybe you're like, yeah, you know, I don't really know a God that I turn to, but I have a boyfriend that I turn to, right? I have a girlfriend that I turn to, that when I feel alone, that when I feel sad, when I feel like there's a longing in my heart, they can feel it, right? 
they can satisfy me. The truth is no boyfriend or girlfriend will ever satisfy you. Right, when you're living in chair three, maybe you don't turn to God, but you're turning to something else on the internet. Right, when you're sitting here and you're sitting in chair three and you're wondering, why can I not be filled? If I just look to this, if I just look one more time, then I'm gonna be filled. Well, the truth is, you're never gonna get filled sitting in chair three. See, all of us know a God, just some of us don't know his name. See, when we're sitting in chair two, we're not just a visitor, right? When we're sitting in chair two, we're living for God, which you're like, yeah, that's so awesome. I'm living for God. I'm doing this for God. But chair two's misleading. Okay, when we live for God, we tend to think, yes, I'm saved, but I'm still not enough. Right, when we live for God, we say, yes, I'm saved, but when I sin and when I mess up, God's grace ain't gonna cover me. Right, there's no way he's gonna forgive me. Because when we live for God, right, that's kingdom of self, we're doing things for ourselves. And when we're in chair two, we tend to think, yeah, you know, I'm reading my Bible for God. Right, I'm praying for God, I'm worshiping for God, I'm doing all of these things for God which is great, right? You do need to read your Bible and you do need to worship and you do need to pray and that's great. But the truth is, is when we're living for God, we think, yeah, if I do all this, then I've earned my right to be a son or a daughter of God. Right, but the truth is you can't earn that, right? Being a son and daughter is already given to you. We're human beings, not human doings. Right, in chair one, we're not only a child, but we live from God, okay? It's a subtle difference, we live for God, that's kingdom of self, living from God, that's kingdom of God. Right, when we live from God, we get a rest in the fact that Jesus already paid everything for us. Right, when we live from God, we rest knowing I am a son or a daughter because he said I am. Right, when we live from God, we can rest in the fact that, man, if God says I'm worth it, I'm worth it. Right, when we live from God, it goes from, hey, I'm not worshiping for God anymore, I'm worshiping in the presence of God. Right, it goes from, I'm not reading my Bible for God, I'm reading my Bible in the presence of God. Right, subtle differences in chair two, I'm not praying for God, I'm praying in the presence of God. Right, we rest knowing in the fact when we live in chair one and we're living from God that God looks past our every sin, right? Our every failure, our every fault, our every mistake, our future sin, our future faults, our future mistakes, and says, I already paid for it, live like it. Right, when we live from God, we rest knowing in who we are. Right, we live like Jesus really did pay it all for us. Right, but not everybody in this room has experienced God before. Right, not everyone in this room has felt the presence when you're down here in worship and you can't help but weep because you're living in the presence of God. Right, not everybody in this room has got to experience God their whole life. And I just wonder how many of us are tired Right, how many of us are tired of living in chair three? 
right? We're tired of feeling this longing in our hearts, right? We're tired of feeling like we're never gonna measure up, we're never gonna amount to anything. We're tired of all of these questions. We're tired of trying to fill these holes in our heart and nothing seems to be filling it, right? We're tired of feeling like we're only invited when in all reality, we're already a child, right? But it's, it's your choice. You get to choose, do you wanna live for a longing for God? Do you wanna live only feeling like you're only ever invited, right? Or do you actually wanna live like a child? Do you actually wanna live from the presence of God, right? And God gives us that choice. And it is my hope and my prayer tonight that you see God for who God is, right? That you get to experience, that you get a taste of God, right? That you get to see, man, I wanna live from God. I don't wanna just feel like I'm invited all the time. I don't wanna just live with this longing that's never gonna get filled, but instead, I wanna live from him. I wanna be a child. I wanna be in his presence constantly. I wanna dwell in his presence. See, tonight and your whole life, God has been in constant pursuit of you. Right, he's never once said, man, you have sinned way too bad. <laughs> I ain't gonna forgive that, peace. No, he said, I've always been pursuing you, right? I've always been chasing you, I see you, I love you, and nothing's ever gonna stop that, right? Even sitting in chair three and feeling like you're only invited, he still says, I'm inviting you, but I want you to be a child. I want you to come sit in my presence. I want you to live from me. There's nothing you could ever do that's ever gonna mess that up. There's nothing you could ever say that's gonna keep me from coming after you. Right, he leaves the 99 for the one. And I just wonder how many of us are tired of feeling like there's a longing. Right? How many of us are exhausted of feeling like we have to constantly strive and we have to constantly perform? When in all reality, you don't have to strive. You don't have to perform. You don't have to try to be absolutely anybody else but who God made you to be. See, Romans 10:9 says, if you confess with your mouth, that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. And so I want us just to take a minute of just everybody stand up on your feet. Just everybody in this room, just stand up on your feet. And I want us to think about, man, if I have been in chair three, if I am sitting in chair three, I just first want you to know it's okay, right? It's okay, God's not mad if you're sitting in chair three, God's not mad if you're lost, God's not mad at any of this, but God's inviting you and I just wanna know who's ready to take the invitation, right? I just wanna know who's tired of feeling like you're not ever gonna measure up. And so I just want everybody to just bow your heads, just close your eyes. This isn't, don't even worry about what your neighbor's doing, don't even worry about what your friend's doing. This is literally just between you and God. And I just wonder, if you've never asked Jesus ever into your heart, 
just everybody's heads closed, everybody's eyes are closed and heads are bowed. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, would you just raise your hand? Right, if you've never asked him to be your savior, if you've never asked him to be the leader of your life, if you've never asked him into your heart. Oh, that's awesome. You can go ahead and put your hands down. Then I just wanna invite you tonight that when I count to three, that you would just come down to the front of this altar. You would just come down and if you've never done that, then let's ask Jesus into our heart. And so when I count to three, just you can walk down if you've never done that. So one, y'all, this is a huge step and it's awesome. And it's not something you'll ever regret. Two, I don't know if somebody in this room feels like their feet are glued to the floor and that when I say three, you can't move. Move. It takes courage and it takes bravery, but it's the best thing you'll ever do. Three, we just invite you to come down. And so if you've never asked Jesus in your heart, we have our prayer counselors lined up. I just want you to find one and just pray with them. Tell them, I'm tired of feeling like I'm invited. I wanna be a child. I wanna feel like I have a place. Okay, they're probably gonna ask you your name. That's okay, tell them. And as they're praying for these guys, I just wanna invite everybody else that's standing to just make your way down to the front. And as you make your way down to the front, we're just gonna start worshiping, right? We're gonna start praising, we're gonna start singing to our God. But also, let's pray for these students, right? Let's lift them up because the choice that they're making changes everything for them. I don't think that the Lord is done with us tonight yet. I don't think that the Lord, I mean, he's not, he's not even close to being done with us. He's always after us, right? He's always pursuing us. So now I wanna to talk to anybody that's still in chair two. You're saved, you've prayed that prayer before, but wants to experience the presence of God right now. Because I feel like God is opening his arms up to each and every one of us right now. And for any of us that make that choice to just step in, to press in, and to drop whatever's keeping us back, that's who he's calling right now. That's who he's calling. So I want everybody to just close your eyes right now again. For those of you that prayed the prayer for the first time, I just want to say hallelujah to God. It's so good. Give it up for him too. Come on. Eternity was just changed for lives in this place. Eternity was changed for lives in this place. And I believe our hearts need to be changed as well, some of our hearts in here. So with every eye closed and head bowed, I just want you to start thinking, man, what? What's keeping me back? From chair one. And for a lot of us in here, 
I think as, as we do life, as we think about, as we live from chair two in the kingdom of self, we just start drifting away from the presence of God. And there's an easy, easy way to get, to get back into his presence, to get back into good relationship with him. And that's simply praying. That's simply praying and, and stepping in. So in your heart right now, with your eyes closed, I just want you to say the name Jesus. Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. Say it again, Jesus. See, the truth of what his name does is every knee bows at the name of Jesus. So I believe the enemy wants us to stay in chair two, to think about ourselves, but God wants greater things for us. God wants more for us. So whenever we say the name of Jesus loud, the enemy is forced down. And God's freedom lifts us up. So Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. The, 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 the easiest thing to, to get us into chair two is sin. It's messing up. All we got to do is get back in the presence of God or get back into chair one is to just say we're sorry. To repent. So with our eyes closed and in the quietness of our hearts right now, all I want to do is I want you guys to just think of those things this last week or whatever. Maybe there were large things. Maybe there were a bunch of small ones. But the thing that you know that, that you weren't supposed to do and that... that is keeping you back from the presence. And in your heart, I'm not saying to do it out loud because that could be awkward. I'm saying in your heart right now, just start saying you're sorry to God. I'm sorry, Jesus. And as our, our prayer counselors are still up front and still kind of peppered throughout, they're gonna be listening and they might come up to you and ask you if you want some prayer. And if you do want some prayer, if there's something that you need to get off your chest, if there's something that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you right now or God is speaking to you saying, get some prayer, I want you to be bold and still get some prayer. But for everyone right now, I just want us to just think about what we need to say sorry for and just start talking to Jesus about it right now. So I'm gonna give a, I'm gonna give a minute or two just for us to just say we're sorry. just to start talking to God again. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.